Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecuer. Tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And today we have with us Tom Micklewaite. And now you all know how to pronounce it. So all the people that pronounce it wrong, yes, yes, the Micklethwaite can go away. Um, We don't expect you to spell it right, but at least pronounce it right, people. (laughs) Yeah. It's easy enough once you learn how to pronounce it, right? Micklewaite. No TH. It's just ignore it. It's like it's not even there. Yeah. Yeah, Just ignore it. So obviously this is uh, this is an interview we've been wanting to do for a long time. We've been big fans of your barbecue, big fans of everything you do for quite a while. Um, you. You've been on the scene for, I mean, in, in terms of human history, not that long. In terms of barbecue history, it seems like an eternity now just because there's so much that's opened in the last five years. But, right, right. Yeah, I was really surprised when we were doing the research. I was like, only 2012? Really? It feels like it's been forever. A lot but has changed in the last six years. Yeah, it's a so. big jump, big change. If anyone listening is not familiar with Mickleway Craft Meats in Austin, um, it is on Rosewood. Um, it is downtown, not that far from the other barbecue place either. Um, we we recommend going there, and obviously there's a there's a new version of Mickleway that is going to be coming to Smithville, uh, hopefully in the fall. That we'll be talking about as we go on this episode as well. Yeah, we're actually here today in the uh, in the future dish room. No, that's, that's, that's what we're relegated to. Sitting but, in the dish pit. That's yes, all right. Exactly. That's right. We'll, we will <laughs> wash dishes. The for only food. pit in barbecue that nobody gives a shit about. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, you have to clean up after barbecue, really? Um, grease is hard to get off. Yeah, people. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Once you clean up after pop ups. So thanks. Yeah. All right. We're going sideways already. Um, no, we're this this building here is is very interesting. It's pretty darn big um you know the square footage by any chance uh i think the building itself is about 4,500 square feet and then the covered area here is 1500 ish so approximately 6,000 square feet we're using feels like about half of the city block here which is great yeah no it's it's a great space it's a really nice location if you've never been to smithville texas it's a really nice little small town uh just south of austin um it's got good antique shops and and different things like that. So it's a li- there's a little bit for everyone to do here. It's got Amy's ice cream. It's got Amy's ice cream. It's got yeah. There, there's a little bit of everything to do around Smithville, Texas, and uh, Micklewaite will be a nice addition to to that small town here in the near future. But let's let's go back to the beginning. Let's talk about how you got started in this crazy game and uh, what what got you bit by the barbecue bug to where you said this is going to be a living for me. Um. I think I was doing it for a couple of years before I thought it was going to be a living for me. <laughs> but uh, I started doing it as a hobby when I was probably like 21, 22, cooking at home on a Weber grill, uh, just straight up Weber that I'm not a fan of grilling, so I was <laughs> trying to use it as a smoker, of course, and kind of fumbling through that for a while and getting better and better and just kind of stuck with it for a while and kept progressing and building pits and, you know. So you start, did you start welding your own pits pretty much from the early days? or? Um, well, I don't weld the pits. A buddy of mine, he's, he's done all the pits for me, my friend James, that's kind of been there from the start and just kind of find the pieces and get over there and we just chalk it out. And He had a welding shop at the time. He was actually building a, it was like 1960s reproduction lamps. Oh, wow. But he had a full welding set up to do that, so it was huh. like... He would hang out, come in the back shop, and other people made lamps and build pits. Probably beginning of 2012 when I was doing that. It was the same time I bought the trailer. 
And the, the Mickleway trailer, you did most of the build out yourself? Yeah, right? yeah, I bought that off of Craigslist for 600 bucks. <laughs> yeah, six, 600 bucks, a 1960 Comet. Craigslist right. has been a common theme in a lot of the interviews we've done. We've had it people has. that have bought actual restaurants off of Craigslist. Uh, right. People that bought pits, you bought a trailer off of Craigslist. So. Right, the, the original pit I had, which actually sold last summer to uh, Peter from former editor of Lucky Peach, bought it up in New York and took hmm. it up there, but it was the... Uh, it was a water heater from Pflugerville High School that <laughs> I found on Craigslist from it was like some kid that lived across the street from the high school had gotten it from his old shop teacher. Oh wow. And it like kinda halfway started, you know, that it, it was the tank with like a door cut out and he had started building the firebox. So I just bought all that stuff from him and took it to James and had him uh, finish it out and yeah, you know, so that's the first one. Wow. So so that's that's the one that started the business when you right. when you first launched. Yeah, that's the one that's in the uh, the Kickstarter video. Wow. Yeah, and that's that's something that, was, that, that um, was brand new. Is <laughs> new. The first time I used it was in that video. <laughs> it was shiny in the video. As right. Shiny as it could be. Um, and, and that's one thing that I don't think we've we've had on the show yet is Kickstarter. Kickstarter's been around. Um, I have a 3D printer. I'm still waiting on from a Kickstarter two years ago. <laughs> um, oh yeah. no, you guys owe me my oh, printer. I bought. Uh, <laughs> For my brother for Christmas, and I thought it was fun, like a funny Kickstarter thing. It was a, uh, it's like an space age ergonomic ice cream scoop. <laughs> and the thing with it was, was like their selling point was that it was designed so you would push the scoop across the ice cream because it's easier on your wrist. <laughs> it's made out, it was made out of titanium too. Oh wow! There's got to be a better way. That was probably on Shark Tank at some point. Like. <laughs> They so probably passed on that one. <laughs> weird, weird Kickstarter things you can get out there. Yeah, I mean, some Kickstarters have been more successful than others. Uh, yours seemed to be a success as far as you were able to. It was able to give you a boost and help you. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, definitely helpful in the beginning. So yeah, so Middleweight Craft Meats launched uh, end of 2012 um, in the trailer. Were you always in the same location from day one? Yeah, we've always been in the same location. So um, it's been there for going on six years now. Yep. Um, that that you guys have been out there and. Um, it's been talked about in many of the barbecue publications over the years as, you know, some, some would call it the hidden gem of Austin just because you guys, for whatever reason, didn't get as much publicity as some of the other joints might have gotten. Right. But you, the quality of the barbecue we're serving was second to none. And you, you were one of the first, and we talked about this on the show in the past, you know, the, the craft barbecue movement has sort of exploded the last few years in terms of artisanal bread, making your own pickles, right, right. Um, you know, sourcing quality meats, things like that have, have really come to the forefront. But you uh, you guys, what you were doing from day one was was pretty pretty uncommon. Um, so that was, I guess that was a decision that you decided from day one, we're gonna, we're gonna do things this way as far as baking the bread, making the pickles. Right, I mean, I think as far as like new barbecue spots, we were, you know, I definitely, one of the first, if not the first, to do a lot of that stuff. I mean, outside of, like, the old school places, like, if you go up to Inman's and Lano, obviously their bakery and saucer was kind of that influence from what I'd eat. And I was like, oh, this is kind of my interpretation of the best way you can experience barbecue. Gotcha. And so. it's, it's, a, it's a more common thing now. But, yeah, I remember the first time that I came, and, Brian, I can't speak for you, but the first time you came... It was it was it was a really neat departure from a lot of the meat market style we'd been eating. Is yeah, I mean I don't I, I mean to your point I don't know who else was doing house made pickles back then. Oh, right. Something and that simple that you, you see, see everywhere today. Yeah, you're, you're seeing it more and more now. But it was it was pretty pretty uncommon to see back then. Like you said, that if you were a barbecue joint that happened to be a bakery operation and things like that, then then yes, you would tie all those things together. But you know, barbecue started as 
you know grocery store back alley sort of stuff where you're right. selling meats that didn't sell and so yeah you'd buy you'd buy pickles and you'd buy hunks of cheese but making your own pickles wasn't wasn't commonplace but it's it's becoming a lot more common now and uh yeah you you were one of the first to do it um i think 2013 things were starting to blow up obviously franklin had gotten big austin was exploding as a barbecue scene law barbecue all that stuff was changing and you guys were right there in that forefront that opening group that really started to bring austin into this right. modern barbecue age i think i mean at the time i opened i kind of thought barbecue had kind of reached its peak at the time <laughs> <laughs> you were wrong like oh franklin's got <laughs> a building said and there's, that, there's yeah. a three-hour line for franklin it can't get any bigger than this and that was kind of i think the beginning of like a larger like five-year trend um yeah. Every time we think it's plateauing, it just something keeps coming well, up. And there's keeps a lot of up. new, and, and yeah. we'll talk about this building later. I mean, this is another shift that we're seeing in barbecue, uh, yeah, too. I think, yeah. yeah, I think what you're planning to do here is another part of that evolution, that right. modernization of what barbecue is and what that meat market, all-inclusive in, all shop is going to be. And right. I think it's a really cool thing. Um, you know, we've, we've referenced other uh, places on the program that have done things like that. Um, but we're we're really excited to see what you're doing, Brian. What what would you say is kind of your when you first started going to Mickleway? What stood out for you? I mean, really, the brisket. You know, I know you're going to get a lot of this, so we have to be honest too. A lot of people are like, you know, oh, he's just down the road from Franklin, so go go hit up Mickleway. Right? It's so convenient, <laughs> right. and we've said it on our show. I mean, while you're in line, send somebody down to Mickleway and pick it up. And right. And the quality was just, it was surprising. I mean, and, you know, I've been on TV saying it, shockwave of flavor, but <laughs> I had to throw that out there. Yeah, um, yeah. It, you know. Brian tries to get on every barbecue TV show there is saying the same goofy, yeah. stupid line, and he actually made it on there for the Mickleway Crab <laughs> yes. Meets Food Paradise episode. And he might be on the Regals episode, so I'm stay sure tuned hoping, for that. Yeah. But. It, and it was just pure luck. We were actually at Snow's that day, and um, I can't remember who it was. It may have been Lerma said, Oh, they're filming at at Mickleweights today, and we we're like, oh, cool! So we'll go, and and we'd been there before, but um, we got it, and we got a beef rib that day, right. I think. And they, they, they were like, they followed us to the table. What's amazing about those shows, we won't go too sideways, maybe, but is is they take like 30, 40 minutes of film, and you get like fifteen seconds. Of, oh yeah, of, if that's, you make that's it, that's food television. Oh, they that's, were, I mean, they were there for twelve hours filming. I think it <laughs> edits down to about a six-minute segment or something. Yeah. yeah. But it was, it was, you know, again, I, I don't want to keep harping on it maybe, but it really was, to me, the first craft barbecue that I'd ever had. Yeah, as far as a full really menu experience, it really, you know, where, where you could tell the care and the attention that you, that you paid to sides from day one. Um, the cheese grits, which we've got to get into. Yes. How did those start? What, you know, what, because there I, I think that's what I was eating for breakfast at the time. Like, <laughs> it was kind of a you know, home breakfast thing that I thought would translate well. Now, I think it... I had started doing macaroni and cheese, and that doesn't hold that well. So I wanted something similar that would hold for the duration of lunch and like maintain quality. What were the early um, reactions that were people receptive to ordering sides of grits, or were people kind of looking at you sideways? Like, no, it, it took off right away. And I think you know that was most things. I think it maybe it had been on the menu like once or twice a week when I would, my first time. I would kind of rotate through stuff a lot more to just try different things and see what people responded to. Um, I think it just sort of quickly dominated us aside. <laughs> and you've been a, an a innovator in a lot, of, a lot of sides and dishes and sausage, but um, let's kind of go back to a little bit in those early days. I mean, 
I saw the trailer's like 112 square feet. Is that correct? It sounds like it's 13 feet long on the interior, and it's, I think, about six and a half feet wide. Maybe seven feet. It actually varies because it's an old trailer that it, it swells. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it might be a little bit wider in the middle. Gotcha. Right. So I mean, it's just it's amazing to think in that that tight room you were making your own bread. Uh, oh yeah, we used to bake in the trailer. That's crazy. And we had a mixer. And like, um, making your own sausage, making your own pickles, making your own bread. All what were your proof trailer. times on bread inside that trailer? Well, you know, it, that was that was kind of the hardest. Probably like the most difficult thing to try and cook. It's we don't have a proof box, like, and it was all timed by like if I have my bread shaped and in trays by this time at night, when William gets here at six in the morning, it will be proof. <laughs> and trying to like figure out how much yeast to put in, and then like, you know, you're doing it in the summertime, and it's fine, but by the winter time, so when yeah, it's you're like exposed to all the weather, degrees in the trailer. Yeah. And, so you're trying to like, you know. Yeah, keep you, a consistent product in a really inconsistent environment. So, and you mentioned that parallel. Bread. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever tried to bake bread, it's a volatile it's thing. It's, yes, it's, it's almost like brisket. Yeah. I was going to say you've made that parallel, and it's actually more more volatile or finicky than brisket. Yeah, right. there, there are things Similar you can do to hide that. brisket when it's not exactly where you want it to be. When yeah. bread's not where you want it to be, there, there's no really hiding it. I mean, you yeah. just... Well, you can't you, save it. If, yeah, if, you, if you overshoot it or you undershoot it, Yeah, well, it, you, you could much. turn it into something else, but <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to navigate, and the fact that you guys were doing that in that trailer space is kind of kind of amazing. Um, yeah, if, if you guys listening have ever tried to bake your own bread, try doing it when it's, you know, 100% humidity in Austin. Well, in right. no, and then the next day... 80% humidity, the next day 30%, the next day a cold front. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's, it's amazing to think about the, the shifts because, I mean, I you know, doing brisket, we, everybody talks about that, and we've learned. Yeah. Well, know, that's humidity, a good transition, Tom. Where did your baking background come from? Uh, it's actually very limited. I think it's, <laughs> it, it's sometimes misrepresented. Um, I baked for about a year and a half at Vespaio in Austin, which was Vespaio and Enoteca, which are two restaurants attached. And I did uh, all the bread for both restaurants, which is, you know, it's a substantial amount and it's a wide variety of like natural starters and yeast versus using, you know, commercial yeast. Um, that's what I had done up until the point when I opened the trailer, like while I was there. I'd also done a lot of butchery when I was there and different, you know, different roles in the kitchen. Um, so yeah, it kind of made you uh, uniquely qualified for what you ended up doing in the, in the trailer. Right. And it was kind of, you know, the stuff I did there was at the time it was things I was more interested in. I think I knew it would apply more to what I wanted to do down the road. Well, and so, again, doing a lot of the, the first, you, you may have been the first guy to do craft bread in Texas barbecue. I'm not sure, but what. What possessed you to go to that effort when everybody else was just doing you know, grocery store white bread? Mm, At the end like, of the day, it's something you're giving away. Right, you know, yeah, it's something that you get no return on investment from. That stuff's like candy, like grocery <laughs> store bread. It's really like, really, you know, it's like cake. Um, I think it was like a consistency thing. Like you either do it all yourself or you don't do any of it yourself. That's... Yeah. I mean, I mean it seems yeah. kind of the mentality building the, the trailer and yeah. everything, right? The right. pits from the pits to the trailer, pickles, you bread. Kind of put your stamp on everything, I guess. So. Yeah, well, you, you've definitely done that. And obviously, sausage is something we've alluded to. And we, we've talked to a lot about a lot on the show. Um, we play around with some crazy ideas for sausage. And we'll be the first to admit, 
you're probably the inspiration for a lot of that. Um, right. the, the sausages that you've put out over the years, um, some of them are just classic, your version of classic takes on things, Texas Czech sausages, right. things like that. And some of them have been That's a little more outside the box. My, that was from a Czech stop. Like whatever, the, <laughs> whatever sausage they use, it's like, oh, we should do a Czech sausage. And it's very much from Czech stop. And you, you do a lot so, of lamb sausage. It seems to pop yeah, up a lot. Yeah, that's one of our regulars that we do. Some variety every week. Um, any, any particular reason why lamb? Is it just fun to play with? Delicious. <laughs> that, that, that's good, too. That's it's, good. Yeah, it's nice to have something different on the menu. I think that's probably... Well, now we do pulled lamb, which... Uh, that's an everyday thing that, now, right? Yeah, yeah, it has been for about six months. That kind of stemmed from like... a sort of personal disdain for pulled pork <laughs> and the, the whole process of it. Uh, I think it's just a little bit more interesting. And, it, you know, better flavor. You just, you what, know, what cut of meat do you use for it? There's more than two animals you can barbecue. So. <laughs> what, what cut of meat do you It's the leg. The yeah, leg. smoke it and then cook it overnight in brisket fat until it falls apart. And then yeah, it seems like a pretty delicious gonna, way to yeah. Yeah. cook something. Confit. Right. Yeah, yeah you're seeing a lot I more I learned a that. new word. <laughs> <laughs> the other day, <laughs> it's my favorite it's new word. By the way, barbecue. Yeah. Yes. With fat, Brian. Yes, I know. I like it. <laughs> I I am confit. I am with fat. Yes, yes. Aren't we all at this point? Um, let's go to brisket. So interesting that um, when you first opened, you weren't serving brisket at lunch. I mean, what the hell were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fine if people want brisket, they'll come in dinner or whatever. Um, that was. The only, like, at the time, I was like, well, if I wake up at 3 in the morning and start cooking brisket, we can have, like, a small lunch with sandwiches and we'll have brisket for dinner, and that's fine. And, then you get to sleep for a lot of people, a that's of not fine. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And you hear about it. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're very much on the train of don't cook brisket <laughs> all the time. Like, right. we, we hate cooking brisket. We're on the record as saying how much we hate cooking brisket. It's kind of, you know, as popular as it is, if you're cooking barbecue, it's sort of like a wet blanket. I don't know. Because there's nothing else you can do with right, it. It's, right. I mean, you can put a little different rub on it. You can do this, do that. But at the end of the day, it's going to taste pretty much the same. And it's yeah, I mean, the same can, thing day in, day out. You can brine it and make pastrami. It's, but yeah. other than that, it's still brisket at the end it, of the day. It's, it's still the same still thing. It's still brisket. And it's still expensive to cook, expensive to sell. And you can get good brisket at so many places these days right. that it's nice to get different things like pulled lamb. And I know you guys yeah. do barbacoa as well. Right. And so it's nice to get those differences and the, obviously the, the different sausages that you guys do. And and beef ribs are kind of the same way, I think, right? That you just kind of, a lot of places are just kind of done with beef ribs. We, we just recently moved them to weekend only. Um, yeah, they're, they're not you got to have them. Yeah. They're, they're cool. Like, they look cool yeah. and they taste good. I can't eat a whole one. So. <laughs> They're, they're, you know, it's kind of like a novelty item. Like it really is, and it's expensive as hell. They're, the price right. of beef ribs are nuts yeah, the, right the now. The profit margin for people in the business, the profit margin is, well, is, isn't really and worth it. The price it. is super high now. The, the, yeah, yeah the price down, is really so. high, and the pit space it takes up for the price that you're able to sell them for is kind of crazy. Right. So it, it makes sense. A lot of places are doing them weekends only now, and and switch not, is cutting them in half and selling like doing like oh, a cross cut. cut. They cross cut it and then. Uh, so We've which talked is about that. Yeah. great to so get a reasonable portion. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what's the point? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean you, you lose the visual effect of the giant right. beef rib yeah. and big, everything like that. Well, I'd like to cross cut them like the chuck, 
the four by chucks chuck are ones. good. Yeah, I'd like to cross cut them like twice, so you have three slices. And then you could—it's almost like an appetizer. You know, <laughs> it's like a quarter pound of beef rib along with your brisket, along with you know, you can make a meat plate. Yeah, because then it's more of them take out the buy itself for forty dollars a pound. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there are places outside of Texas <laughs> doing that. So. Right. I mean, I think it's David Chang is selling like he's really into yeah, <laughs> he's like pork shoulder and beef ribs or. See it pop up a lot on the. Yeah. Oh, you were on Ugly Delicious. Yeah, I forgot yourself. about that. Yeah, they actually like yeah, kind of cut out of it a bit. Uh. <laughs> that was that's kind of how I know Peter. Well, I, I, I knew him from some other stuff before that, but uh, I've done a, a few things with Lucky Peter. Had done a few things with them, but uh, that was one of those shoots where they were there for twelve hours. I think it's about five seconds. <laughs> Lovely, and, and they posted a picture that I believe David Chang himself took. No, we'll we'll edit that out later if Jimmy gets mad at us. <laughs> Jimmy owes a friend, so right, we, yes. we just like to give him shit. So let's go um, a little bit farther down the road. I mean, you're working in the trailer, mm-hmm. um, you know, elbowing. It's 2013, we'll say. Yeah, so elbowing, yeah. elbowing all of your employees as you're as you're right. trying to move around, um, doing all of that, um, and then uh, you had this idea for uh, Delhi. And oh, I think right. that was the you Delhi and Bobby, trailer. right? Bobby Levin. Yeah, it was. You know. Something I'd always thought about, like the connection between barbecue and like classic deli and, you know, cured and smoked meats. It's like an obvious connection. Um, and now it's kind of. You guys like, are going to hear a noise of beers opening this warning <laughs> you now on the podcast. Maybe we'll hear two of them. <laughs> or, or three. three. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had worked with Bobby. Like he, he was the uh, sous chef, one of the sous chefs at uh, Vespaio and Enotech. And we'd worked together for a few years. And we were good friends and. Kind of just ran into him on the street, and he's sort of hit me up to see if I had any positions open. So he was ready to leave the restaurant. And, uh, it's like I do, and I have this idea for a deli trailer. Would you be interested in doing something like that? Where the idea was to smoke meats in the pit and kind of utilize the equipment we had to do our own pastrami. And we we're smoking hot dogs and you know like four or five different meats that we were using in the trailer. So the idea was to kind of have like a spin-off of barbecue as a deli so most of the items were like smoked sort of like smoke centric sure <laughs> i mean great great idea and you um oh, and i baked time. all the bread for that and it was kind of <laughs> that was you know baking a, six a lot days of a effort, week and, yeah yeah and it wound up like we we wound up closing it for kind of multitude of reasons but one was we were both just like what are, you know we're I'm baking bread 80 hours a week and you're, you know, making sandwiches 80 hours a week or we can just kind of go and hang out and do barbecue and it's fun. And so, <laughs> so it's kind of boiled down to that where it's like, eh, this is, I think, way more work than it wound up being worth. So When you were you're doing research for that, you, uh, you traveled around New York? And <laughs> yeah, we went to New York and wound up, like, I think mostly partying with friends. <laughs> and I remember one day distinctly being, like, we were both really, really hungover. I think it was like the first day we were there. Like we have tons of friends up there, and we stayed out all night. And we're like, well, we gotta go. And by the time we'd gone to like three places and eaten, I mean, we were walking around. It was like 95 degrees outside. It was in the summer, and we're like eating locks in a park. <laughs> we got to like Russ and Donner got a bunch of beef. We're like, well, we have to eat it. <laughs> I feel horrible. It's so like sitting in the park eating like cured fish, and um, you know, and eating. I think we went and ate three or four different Rubens that like went to Katz's and went to like second Avenue Deli, like all these places like around Manhattan. And those are big ass sandwiches. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah, by the end it was like giant. And we went to, I can't remember the name of the place. It's the pickle store. That's off of, uh, 
like south of the Williamsburg Bridge and Lower East Side that it's you know place it's probably like the size of where we're sitting and like maybe a thousand square feet not even that big I should know what this and is. it's like nothing but barrels of pickles <laughs> I'm from Brooklyn I should know this one of the, it's, it's been there. I mean, I, mean, yeah. I think it's been there. Now, now there's probably exactly a hundred of those stores about, but today, yeah. but yeah. I'm sure it was one of the earlier ones. So we, we'll yeah. do a quick edit ins- insert into the episode <laughs> yeah. later on. About <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it's, it was a lot of just like pickled vegetables and pickled meats, and it was fun. We went to Coney Island. <laughs> <laughs> did, did any but, of that uh, give you inspiration when you came back? Uh, you know, I, I'm trying to I, think I about here. our menu and see if any of it actually reflected our trip, or if we just kind of went like, <laughs> were there any blitzes on the was, menu? Or <laughs> no, we it's a lot of that stuff. There's like, oh, we should add, we should do this, but like, yeah, nobody's gonna buy it, so we'll just, you know. <laughs> Did you do any cold smoking for the uh, for the deli sandwiches? Any uh, or anything? No, it's we would all we would smoke it all separately. Like there was like one day a week when we weren't using the pit. And we would smoke everything. I think it was like Sunday nights or like Monday morning when the pit was empty. So you basically so gave yourself another cook, full like, all of our job. Pastrami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, we're not working this day. Why don't we get work that day? Yeah. Every other day <laughs> Why not? So, I mean, I felt bad for Bobby. He, was, he looked like he was really burned out. I was like, you know, he should just stop. So, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to let it go. Let the dream go. We'll just hang out and make barbecue and it's fine. Well, making barbecue has been a pretty good road for you. Um, obviously, the, the trailer's been going. Yes, yes. You know, the, uh, you know the, you're living in Smithville now. There's yep. a nice big building we're sitting in now that's about to be a, uh, a new version of what Micklewaite is. Obviously, the trailer's staying where it is in, on Rosewood. It's going right. to be available for everyone in Austin. The explosion of barbecue that continued, and obviously, the, the Texas Monthly List is a big part of that. And... Um, lo and behold, May 2017, list comes out, and you've made the top 10. Right, right. Um, was that, did you have any inkling that you were going to be in that top group, or was it a complete I, surprise? Or? Mm, I had heard through grapevines, and, you know, that we were going to be high up on the list. Um, so, but it wasn't like I had an in. I just heard from people who know people that they'd heard that we were going to be high on the list. Honestly, I thought the list was coming out the next year. <laughs> every every time they do it, they change it. Like we do it every four years. Like yeah, no, we do it every years, five years. Five years. Four years. Yeah, four I was years, six years. Yeah. So like, hey, I Daniel, just, get I on that regulation, <laughs> please. So I didn't know until like March or April that they'd even been like scouting for lists. And I, that's when I heard like, oh, Patricia Sharp and Daniel Vaughn came by, and if you know if they're there right now, that means they're like scouting out like like organizing the top whatever it's going to be. So that's kind of I even found out the list was happening. <laughs> so, but. Did you see a, a, a shift? I mean, you, you've always been pretty busy. Um, you know, every time we've gone, it, it's not the longest lines, but right. it's always a good solid line. After that list came out, did you notice any difference? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we had, you know, a line out to the street for pretty much the entire month. It was on the newsstand, and that kind of carried on. And, like, seasonally, you know, in the fall, it gets back to having hour and a half lines. Um, kind of started, it started to shift back to a more of a normal experience for a lot of the places now that it's been out a while, but obviously the, you know, the boost in traffic is, is nice to have. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's for idiots like us that go all around, we're like, we want it to die down so that we can go back <laughs> yes. to all these places more often now. Right. But, and it's, it's getting back to that now, but obviously that, that was a good boost for, for everybody in the, in the barbecue world that, that was fortunate to make the list. Um, it did bring a lot of people, a lot of traffic, but one thing that we've been told from so many people that we've interviewed is 
Yeah, you always find, and we found, I found this in the restaurant world in general, there's always that place that all of the people in the restaurant industry go to. Your trailer seems to be the barbecue place that all the people in the industry like to go to. <laughs> yeah. um, I remember when we did our interview with Leonard at Truth, that was one of the things that we ended up well, on. He like used to a, live across the street. Yeah, he, he lived close, and, and that was one of the things like we talked about for five or ten minutes on the interview. He's like, man, he's like, that's my favorite place to go to. And, and we've heard that from so many people since. Yeah. Last time I was there, you know, I turn around, and there's Dylan Taylor's there, Robert Sierra's there. And, there, I mean, it's just it's a, it's a nice central location in Austin. Right. The barbecue's great, and, and you're just one of those – this is where the industry likes to go sort of places because they know they can get a good meal and not have to go wait in line for eight hours to do it. Right. Um, you served Michelle Obama. Um, are there right. any other... That was on her plane. On her plane, so, of yeah. course. Yeah, we, we catered I, I, her plane. I don't think the first lady or former first lady is going to be you know, waiting she at the trailer yeah, she didn't come to the trailer. But, but uh, any other uh, celebrity sightings at the Micklewick trailer over the years? <laughs> uh, certainly. Brian Posen... Oh, yes. Oh, gosh. He hung out for like three hours one afternoon by himself. That's almost a sad story. (laughs) (laughs) He's a comedian for any of you that don't know that. Um, He's been on 30 Rock and a lot of TV and movies over the years. Right. Jimmy Kimmel. Oh, well, Jimmy Kimmel was there, yeah. I'm really bad about keeping tabs on all this stuff. (laughs) "Ah, Yeah, 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 Jimmy Kimmel was there. You had your. During South by whatever. Yeah, Yeah, South by always brings all the, you know. Freaks and South geeks out South over right. the years. It's, it's not called South by. Whatever. Whatever. SXSW. It, yeah. it means I'm not going to Austin for two weeks. ATX. Is what it means. Whenever that, whenever South by is going on, we we plan our barbecue trips around ACL and around South by because right. we don't want to be anywhere near Austin when that's happening. And even Austin Food and Wine Festival is becoming that way too, to where we try to avoid Austin during that, just because it's it's harder for us to stuff our big fat faces. So moving along, obviously the the trailer has been doing well for years. Uh, how did Smithville become an option for you? As far as okay, Micklewood's gonna have brick and mortar roots. Like for some reason, I'd always like I think after reading about Zimmer Hansel in the uh, the last list, it's like oh, that sounds really cool. And I want to go check it out, and I never came out here because I thought it was also like way further away than it is. <laughs> I didn't realize it's only like a mile off of seventy one. Um, so I'd always kind of been curious about Smithville, and then a couple... Were you curious about the world's largest gingerbread man? They, they finally got rid of that. <laughs> that's, the, that's the biggest disappointment so, of my life so far. One of the so first far. barbecue trips we took, we went to Zimmer Hansel's, and I, and, I, and I was like, oh, hey, Brian, they've got the world's biggest gingerbread man. He likes all these roadside bullshit attractions. <laughs> and we took it over there, and I've never seen a more disappointed adult in my life. There's a like, plywood cutout. <laughs> apparently there was actually a cookie that was just like a replica of the giant cookie. So... <laughs> There's some substance to the story. At the time, two years ago, I was when I was starting to look at spaces in Austin and kind of putting out feelers, talking to people. And a friend of mine was working with a coffee shop out in Dripping Springs, and she had a lead on an old Mason's Lodge that was out there. So I was kind of throwing around the idea of partnering up with another friend of mine that she does like events and about maybe she, like she was looking for her own event space so we were like well let's go look at this building and see what's up so we went out to dripping springs and when i was out there my friend robin who was showing us the mason's building had mentioned that she was opening a business here in smithville and that zimmer hansel had closed and there's you know some buildings available so i just kind of popped out here on my own one afternoon just kind of cruise around town and check it out and um about that time, 
I came and looked at her store. She wasn't here. I just kind of came and, like, scoped it out. <laughs> I'd, I'd been wanting to, like, kind of get out of Austin and get into a smaller town for a while. So I was looking for the place that kind of fit what I had in mind. And, um, you know, Smithville did. And it, at that time, Bob Vosick, who owned the uh, auto shop we're sitting in, had put out word that he was wanting to retire and sell the building. So it kind of talked to a few people, got together, and worked out a plan to get in and renovate the building and ultimately to have ownership of building. Um, so that was a couple of years ago. I just kind of came out here and essentially liked the town. So yeah, It's got a lot of charm. I mean, your typical it's downtown a very, very Main charming Street. Town. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's, it's a big enough town to not feel like you're in the middle of nowhere, but it's right. a small enough town to not feel like you're, you're in a big city by any stretch of the imagination. It's, right. a, it's a good Texas town. Um, and, and I remember, we, we, I don't even remember where we heard it from, but we hear a lot of rumors that we don't talk about. But we'd heard probably a year ago that you were looking at Smithville. Right. And we're like, that would be a cool place for someone to open up our barbecue joint. And right. we're, like, we're super excited that it's, it's becoming reality. It's kind of a key spot in Bastrop County, I think, regionally. And there's, you know, I feel like Austin's pretty saturated. It's going west is saturated. saturated. Um, Real estate prices in Austin are insane. It's it's not so far away. There's an old TV commercial in Austin, you know, just a conversation away. That was Georgetown, though. But, but it it is. I mean, you're you're not so far away that you can't pop out here, pop back, and you're not wasting half a day. Right. Nice little road trip. Still within, like you know, the solar system of Austin. We're maybe a little bit closer than Pluto. We're we're (laughs) Neptune in the in the solar system of Austin, but. And it's close enough so it's, for for Houstonians to to make yeah. a nice drive out outside the city for as well, which I think is going to be exciting for us to take people out here once it's you right. know once it's, you guys are open. It's a good town. It's you know to kind of pop into if you're on 71, and it's been well sort of preserved or protected by its sort of proximity to 71. That it's not through town. We go to like Lagrange or Bastrop. That's where like all the boxers are. You know, WalMarts and Best Buys and yeah. Smithville, I think, just by proximity, is managed to maintain its like small town charm without sort of the invasion of yeah, you know, it, it bigger development. Has. So yeah, it's, it's got a nice little main street, and you guys are just a block away from that main right. street where all the little shops and antique shops and stuff are. Um, I, I I have to bring this up just because the town is very proud of it. Hope Floats was filmed in this town. Uh, so if Perhaps I can give you a Hope Floats tour. <laughs> so if you're a fan of a 25-year-old will, Sandra Bullock movie. I will admit that I tried to watch it once, and I couldn't stomach much of it. <laughs> so you're like not a Harry Connick I was like, yeah. after I moved here, T, I was like, oh, I'm really... I was so disinterested. I didn't watch it before I moved here. <laughs> It'll be like the the Kramer tours in, in New York. It'll be the Hope <laughs> yeah. Floats tours by yeah. Tom well, McCoy. I took my dad to I Seattle get a, double a couple of months. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. My dad was so excited we were going to Seattle. He watched all, right. all of Frasier. I'm like, none of Frasier was filmed in Seattle. Sorry. <laughs> it's like you're going to be severely disappointed. There's a lot of cool history in Smithville with the uh, yeah, the railroads and uh, DJ Screw, if you're familiar. If you're from Houston, you might yeah, be. Yes, yeah. it's from Smithville. Is he really? That wow. is trivia. I did not. I I, I believe he's actually wow. buried in Smithville. I haven't uh, I haven't been to the cemetery. Well, we go Honey Mountain. Oh my um, god! Yeah, we definitely he, did. He grew up here. Huh. I think a little bit more to Smithville than kind of what meets the eye. Yeah. Other other than the gingerbread right. man. Other than other, gingerbread other man. Other than the flows, gingerbread There are other things yeah. to do in Smithville. Now this building it, itself has some history you were telling us about. So this oh, is this yes. is pretty interesting. Yeah, Bob Vosick. His dad and his brother, his older brother, built the building themselves from scratch in 1950. <laughs> so yeah, they uh, poured all the bricks. And, I mean, I would, I would, by looking at the building, I would guess it's about 3,000 bricks. 
they were individually poured in 12 molds. And that's... And you, <clears throat> Uh, I'll, I'll get back here eventually. It, 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 he's very emotional about this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just makes, breaks my heart. No, um, but no, I mean, you showed us the mold. I mean, literally, they molded these bricks by hand. Right. And, and uh, as you said, uh, 12 at a time, and when they had enough, they would start to build a wall. I mean, right. I mean, can't get any more rustic than that, I think, you know? It's the uh, the DIY history of the building. Yeah. I'm I mean, that's, now here yeah. with my brother, building tables and... Yeah, and that's the, that's gonna be building. really cool once once this place opens is seeing like you are doing when you say you're doing you're building this operation you're building this operation. Right. Tom, your brother, Getting, and some friends got, of yours. Got some friends coming out. I think uh, folks from the trailer are gonna come and help paint, and it will be a very much DIY operation nice. here as well. We're, I want to see we're Lane build our own enclosure, <laughs> build our own pit. So you're uh, doing a lot of uh reclaimed wood here too yeah yeah all the uh all the furniture cladding was from a, a nearby farmhouse i can't remember the name of the family it's like everything's got a family connection here too it's the <laughs> the you know well, smenolcics uh or whatever <laughs> fill in the blank i check yeah. family name uh there was their farmhouse on the family farm across the highway and we acquired all of the wood from their house so we have <laughs> And copious I, amounts of barn wood to build furniture and countertops and yeah i mean the tabletops um, that you showed us today are just gorgeous i mean beautiful. that nice that old wood there's no there's no replacing that like you know when right. you get a nice we, old bit you know sturdy we piece didn't do of anything wood. it still has the tacks from the old like i guess before wallpaper is cloth that's so, awesome in like 1900 so all the tables are covered with the tacks we just left all that and just basically clear coated and left the wood as as is and yeah this made it look nice and I think that kind of ties into uh, something you were alluding to before we started recording, which is what this is going to eventually be is kind of like a new take on the classic, you know, market style barbecue. So right. places like Central Market in any city really doesn't have yeah, to be literally yeah, any. Yeah. Many Na- of name an old Texas town that had a meat market, and then it was that that classic style. I mean, now it's classic. Before it was just utilitarian what you what you had in the town. Right. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit what, about what the the service setup and and the restaurant and bakery side setup is going to be for the restaurant. Right. The uh, so the barbecue portion for lunch will be market style, um, which will be coming through and doing a la carte sides, meat by the pound. Everything, of course, will be made in house. Bread, pickles um, should be slightly expanded menu from what we can do in the trailer just by the having a better facility just a little bit bigger than yeah. 100 and whatever square feet i, I yeah. think we can actually fit about 50 trailers <laughs> inside the square footage nice. of this building so uh so we'll be expanding the menu do i i think we'll be focusing more on the market style service and less of like plates etc um but we will have i think a variety of sandwiches etc um then the market cafe on the other side of the building uh will be sort of featuring house cured and smoked meats for cold cuts etc um deli salads fresh produce there's a woman here in town that has an egg business it's like has really amazing like yard bird eggs oh that's awesome trying to bring in some of the local you know um products and whatever we can source around here and offering that with coffee Palachis, in-house baked goods. So There's a bakery for sure, and, right. um, and and especially where you're at. But that's one of the things that gets me pretty excited is is kolaches. I mean, we love Curlin, of course, but um, I think this is a, a perfect location to do them as well. Yeah, I mean, just an extension of that Czech. We are kind yeah. of in the in the middle of Czech country here. Yeah. 
Um, so does that mean you're going to call them Koblosniks? Or? <laughs> there's <laughs> such a there's such a debate amongst Texans. No kolache for you. We're Move to the left. No kolache. Putting meat inside of bread, <laughs> just so we can say we only sell kolaches. Uh, yes, yes. That's smart. <laughs> um, you know, in, in the Midwest, they spell it completely differently. So for anybody that's hung up on like authenticity or whatever, like. You know, go to Chicago and it'll blow your mind and spell it completely right. Uh, we've been bastardizing <laughs> traditions like for years. Yeah. Like, let's not. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's yeah. a kalaki. What are you talking yeah. about? <laughs> so, uh, a little food for thought on what's what's traditional and authentic. And uh, there will be hopefully dinner hours is a plan for, for the area as well. Right. Yeah. We'll, we'll definitely be doing dinner service on Friday and Saturday night. And initially, we'll, we're only going to be open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday for lunch and do dinner Friday, Saturday. Um, I think over time we'll expand those. Possible rental uh, room for special events as yep, well? Yep. Yeah. We'll be able to host, uh, I think, parties of 80 to 100 people indoors, plus, you know, total buyout for the restaurant will be like 150 people. Um, and as far as uh, I know, there's uh, there's going to be a dedicated pit room. What uh, what type of pits are you looking to build or have built for the restaurant? Uh, we can do a couple of offset cookers, probably 2,000 gallon propane cookers, and then one direct heat brick pit. So that'll be exciting and new for us. Yeah. I want to say direct heat kind of brings you back to some of your, your Coopers and Inman experiences right, right, right. early on. That's definitely more of like a West and like yeah, South Yeah, that Texas cowboy style. cooking barbecue right. style. That's, yeah. you know. Any possibility for uh, like whole animal, animal events or maybe? I would, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just we're um, just selfish and we're thinking about the things I, that we want to come here for. Whole hog, I, I know of two whole, whole hog events quail. coming in, in this <laughs> a year. Whole so. quail. Yeah, uh, quail. I, you know, I see a lot more of the whole hog stuff coming on, and that's it's I, getting I, more popular. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think so with your butcher I, background, I, I think me personally, it's it's more interesting to see different cuts of meat. I mean, I think whole it, hog works okay, but some whole animals are just you want those meats separated. You want those cuts. That's kind of like the basis of butchery is that like different components of the animal are treated differently and that's kind of the nature of cooking right when you're my my biggest gripe about pulled pork you're just treating the whole thing it's just like a pile of overcooked meat <laughs> i know there's more to it than that but it's not a whole lot more to it than no. that. it's basically you know <laughs> what it boils down to is that in my opinion it seems like it's treating the whole animal as just it's one component and it's not yeah a leg so, and a shoulder and a, yeah, the, and there's, there's different, know, there's better ways to cook those individual an things. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I, um, I had the, the pleasure or unpleasure in the cooking process anyway, to try to cook the, the four quarter, the steer four quarter with John Miller and Jim Buchanan. And oh, I heard uh, some things about that. It was, it, I'll, I'll tell you what, <laughs> maybe I will, you should tell the story since you were there. Yeah, so, so, well, we had two four quarters, just so you know, there was two. I wasn't there for this. Yes, <laughs> and they segmented the first one. Right. And, um, and that came out. Great, uh, because again, you've got you've got prime rib and you've got clod and you've got brisket all in the same cut of meat, and so if you separate them out, you can cook them the way they should be cooked. When you try to cook the whole thing together and then chop it up and mix it up, it, it's not the same final product. Right. Um, and um, you know, it was a lot. It's visually that's great. It was a lot of fun. It makes good pictures. It maybe does. Not, you know. It does. It doesn't necessarily make a good eating but, experience. Yeah. I think that style, and it's, it's just like so old school too, right? I think like it's kind of a lot of finicky taste has kind of been applied to barbecue that didn't necessarily used to be there. And if you think, like I grew up going to the goat cook-off in Atlanta, or not Atlanta, in Brady, where my dad's from. And, and there it's just like everybody, at the end of the day, throws all their meat on a plate, and it's that kind of just... 
I mean, you it's, get to it's play a great challenge. Great yeah, it's yeah. just that communal thing. You're right. not going there for a great plate of food, and you're probably not getting a great plate. But of you don't food. want perfection. It's about the experience. Yeah, right. right. And, it, and it is. I mean, it's, it's totally a challenge, and I, I loved having the experience, and I'd love to cook a four-quarter again, but I'd segment it and, and cook it that way, which is what the other one was, just because you can you can treat each of those cuts differently right. and try to get them to that each each individual cut perfection which um I, I think is a lot of fun and that again it goes back to your butchering i mean as you do there's different different meats you want to cook different ways right well i'm not going to let this end without talking about tom kodiak <laughs> we haven't talked about moon pies yet either yeah so, oh yes yeah. we have not so we have to talk about moon pies i'm not back tom in the kodiak. car until we talk about moon pies but yeah Go ahead with uh, Mr. Not to change the subject. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> we actually tried to do a Kodiak's reunion this year, but oh wow, one, wow. one member backed out. So. Ah. Okay, so was it a punk band? I mean, uh, punk is loosely defined as a lot of right, things. Right, I would, I would agree with you on that. I think if I was watching us, somebody else's shoes, I'd probably describe as a punk band, but at the time I did not. Is that vague? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, what, what musical influence know, did you have? That you applied into your musicianship, punk rock bands. <laughs> so what? Like what? Name a few. Let's talk. Uh, well, let me think. We we covered some Oblivion songs. If you're familiar with them, they're from Memphis. They're actually still around. Uh, so there's a lot of that. It was you know. What was your role stuff. in the band? Your instrument? I played guitar. Okay. So definitely some of that. Lisa, the drummer, is really into the Gories. So her drumming, I think, reflected that band. <laughs> so. It was it was kind of a mishmash. It was you know at the end of the day it was like we're a bunch of friends who played instruments and wanted to have fun. And there's a lot of music in barbecue. A lot of the a lot yeah, of the people in around barbecue have have musical backgrounds that you know right. some some like Bill Dumas is you know old school country and right. te, you know Texas blues. country and blues. You know obviously Dylan does whatever Dylan does. <laughs> There, there's there's a lot of different music. Yeah, Dylan and like, Lane, let's talk about yeah, that. Yeah, 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 the, the, the dynamic, dynamic duo of roommates, yeah. <laughs> right. the, I'm sure you know that Lane works for me, and that's why he's an amazing person to work with. He's awesome. Yeah, uh, we like Lane. Lane, yeah. Lane was yeah, the, the, the second push of, we, we, we were already planning on getting you on the show, and then we put on Instagram, like, who should we interview next? And Lane's like, Thomas Micklewood. And we're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> We need right. to do well, that. I'm not, I'm not getting off this he's, punk thing, so you he's can He's always like, you know, he's the go-to guy if you want to know what's going on in, like, the barbecue underground world. He's got all the... Uh, all yeah, the, the they've got quite a network on. going on yes, there. Right. Yeah, the young the young whippersnappers right, right. there. <laughs> so, um, music-wise, um, so you were in several bands. Any... Um, I have, yeah, I've been playing in bands since I was 19, probably. What, what, um, what guitars did you play? Which guitars? Yeah, oh, this is man. for Corey, just so you know. Hey, Corey. Like the actual kind, like yeah, yeah, yeah. brand, yeah, models. Well, let me think. My, uh, we'll start with my favorite guitar I had was a, a Silvertone. Uh, I think it's Jupiter. It's their version of the Harmony Stratotone that I'd gotten from Workhorse Guitar in Austin the week they were they weren't closing. It was like it was like in the late '90s when all of a sudden everybody realized that you didn't need to have retail space you can do everything online <laughs> so it was kind of like a liquidation out, sort of thing yeah. emptied out of, like all of his project stuff from like his back room and he had this like silver tone <laughs> jupiter it was like literally in pieces i took them and glued together wow <laughs> i got it i got it for 50 bucks and i put it I glued it all together and it worked great no oh, wow i played that for a few years that was my favorite guitar i think i probably um, owned about a dozen guitars throughout my life that have all come to 
various. I, I don't think he's there anymore. I remember uh, <laughs> Ray Henning's Heart of Texas Music. Oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think he's closed it, yeah. down, and it's like a shopping center or something. I had a, now. a Squire Telecaster custom that I got there a long time ago. Oh wow! Like, but the Squires, those I, are, you know, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I had one. It's one of the nicer Squires, but in the end of the day, I was like, ah, this guitar kind of sucks. <laughs> so I don't remember what happened to that one. They had traded it for another guitar that. I want to give them to someone. And now for the hard-hitting question. Oh. Yeah. So. Moon pies. Moon pies. Moon pies. So, yes, we uh, we hear about it a lot. My wife is a huge fan. And many, many people that have commented to us anytime we've posted a Micklewaite picture have, yeah. moon, have moon mentioned. Moon pie is to Micklewaite as tater tot casserole is to Opie's as cakes are to truth. Yes. It's, it's just one of those things that you become known for, whether you want to be known anymore. for or not. Yes. And that's why we're talking. Hence the question. <laughs> so so the, the, the moon pies that, that, that used to be at Micklewaite, where did they go? Will they ever come back or they, should we give up all hope? They beamed back up to the mothership. <laughs> um, the moon pies, where they came about from was when I was, when I first opened, I used to go to Fiesta grocery store at 4.30 every morning. It was like my schedule. It was like 4.30, it's time to go to Fiesta <laughs> and buy like whatever I needed for size or whatever to prep for the morning. And part of that ritual was getting a moon pie and stopping getting a cup of coffee. That was my breakfast every day. <laughs> breakfast of so This was like, you know, talking about the moon first three or four coffee. months when I was open. And William, who worked with me for pretty much from when I opened until last summer, was a pastry chef. And I think it kind of came about as a conversation that we need to have desserts on the menu because, you know, it's food, right? So you should have desserts. <laughs> <laughs> I think I sort of half-jokingly said that we should offer moon pies because that's what I would... It's kind of where the grits came about. It's like, it's what I was <laughs> eating like, They won't the take time. me seriously, will they? <laughs> and so he was like, okay, I'll make some moon pies. So he made homemade moon pies. And to any, you know, being a pastry chef, he went and made his own graham crackers, made his own marshmallow, and like made everything from scratch moon pies. And, and, uh, and they were delicious. Oh, they were <laughs> great. There was, there was the peppermint bark ones during the holidays. Oh, yeah. There was the regular chocolate. Those. I always yeah. wanted him to like get more into like experimenting with different flavors. I had a banana marshmallow but, last week. I'm just trying to think of different ideas, but anyway, much I did as, have a banana marshmallow. You go to the store and there's like four different flavors of moon pies. Right. Like why does it always have to? And be by the way, if you're ever active on Twitter, <laughs> so. the Moon Pie Twitter account is one of the most amazing Twitter accounts you'll ever <laughs> really? follow. Oh, they're freaking hilarious. Texas Pete has a good Instagram. Texas Pete's really good. Uh, yes, go follow at Moon Pie. It's it's <laughs> it's an awesome follow. Like they're very into their own product. It's pretty it's, cool. I mean, it's, it's one of those products that has like an amazing story, and it's like kind of has existed as just this thing on the shelf in convenience stores for decades but you know the story and the history behind it is great and so i kind of bring that it's like you know just like the trailer it's like a piece of junk trailer found in the woods and like let's do something with it to kind of find this you know brand or product that's you know kind of underrated or underappreciated yeah, it's, it's this, been around for it's this forgotten decades. staple of like, americana that's been there right, forever so, yeah it's like we can do Chico this sticks. and like do it Really well. Not the moon pies aren't good; they're delicious. But we yeah, can, have you had your you closure on moon pies now, Andrew? Can, you know, have we gone through the stages of grief with you and moon pies now? I, I, I have. I have gone through the stages of grief. I cannot speak for everyone else that loves the moon pies. <laughs> Even but, those with the same so, last name. So William was the the creator right. of the Micklewaite so, moon pie. So it, on his departure, it's like, well, we, you know, it was always a William thing. Like like he made them at home. 
on his time off like for years we made the moon pies and brought the moon pies so <laughs> you can't have anybody else make the moon pies after that it's not it at that point it ceased to just be like a thing we sold it was like a part of William. Yeah. So, so unless so, William ever returns to the Micklewaite universe. If he ever returns to the Micklewaite universe. So, so now you have a plan, you Andrew. You can go find William. You can talk to William. I, immediately. So I'm now going to be paying the salary of William <laughs> to come back to Micklewaite. Well, your wife it's, is. No. Together, yes. Um, Crazier things have happened. This is, yes. this is true. Yeah. This is true. You, you've you seen almost, a lot of You reunions. almost had a reunion of, of the Kodiak, right? Yeah. So, oh, well, that. Yeah. Yeah. So a reunion <laughs> of. <laughs> the, you know, there have been many crazy musical reunions we actually had john and wayne miller on the same episode of a podcast well virtually oh really so no, not wait, not at the not, same time not in the same room <laughs> you can do a lot of things with editing right. but uh <laughs> but anything can happen right. so uh well and other than the moon pies i think there's a little better story with the buttermilk pie yes the so uh, the buttermilk pie is coming back that, right? that'll be i mean it is back it is back as of as of like three days ago there we go so even the plane's landing right now um he heard about that's it. like it's one of those things that kind of went with William. I was like, oh, I just wanted to change things when he left. But that's, like, not something that's unique to him. So and I like buttermilk pie and this having it. So. <laughs> and Mickleway does have banana pudding on the menu right. now, which is a fairly recent addition in the last few months or I hear so. that's popular in barbecue to have pudding. Yes. Well, banana pudding. Give it a shot. There used to yes. be a list, too, of banana pudding. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, man. Mr. Daniel Vaughn right. did a list, a list back in the day. Like, you know. Put it, side by side. Yeah, there's going to be a banana pudding passport where you've got to yes, go and get I the like stamp. That. Oh, and, God. <laughs> banana but, pudding festival. But, yes, we, we've been on Daniel Vaughn for the last few months about you need to update your banana pudding list. Mickleweight is definitely a contender. Yeah, I had and we'd love to volunteer ago. to help yeah. help out with oh, that. Oh, yeah, I will absolutely know, research so you know. the banana puddings. I think Jimmy, Jimmy O would like to as well. Uh, yeah. I think there's, I think there's a secret ingredient is bananas. But do you slice them yourself? Oh, they, they're blended in. Oh, there that's you go. Just I'm not a fan of fruit and a banana, like chunks of fruit. That's the whole point is it's banana pudding. Are you making not the wafers? Not pudding with bananas. Are the wafers homemade? I, I'm getting the recipe worked out. All right. I had a go. good one, but it's not working in the new kitchen for some reason. Gotcha. Uh, it is a very good very banana pudding. Uh, shortly, we'll have homemade wafers as well as gotcha. homemade And there have been whoopie pies recently club. on the menu. Is that still on the menu right now? Or is uh, that kind no, of? That was, a, that was a Jasmine thing. She just moved back to Maine. She was doing our desserts. Jasmine, stop. Left. These people need to stop leaving so, Mickleway. The, They're ruining my dessert menu. The, the characters, the, the personalities that come and go. Gotcha. Oh, well, we're just talking yeah. about moon pies now, and my wife just walked into the uh, space we're at. Um, so Never yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a plan. You'll, you'll have to listen to the episode to find out why. Yeah, but there is a plan. But, but This is the only thing that will get my it. wife to listen to our show. <laughs> she doesn't listen to the show, but she will listen to find out about the fate of the moon Maybe pies. I can like, create some sort of like smoke monster moon <laughs> like, that shows up <laughs> at the end of the interview that leaves. And, like, so the, I don't know where the moon pie went, but maybe it'll be back next th- year. That's right. There's a man named William that we're going to have to pay. <laughs> to come back <laughs> something about a portal a time zone yeah we'll, we'll have to figure it all out but anyway we, we've digressed enough the on the dessert too. menus the evolution of desserts at Micklewaite. um so coming soon pie coming soon there will uh, be pies on pie. tom Micklewaite has been a, deep in pie crust research i'm a huge fan of like the classic slice of pie and a cup of coffee so so let, let's talk about this smithville location i mean when when uh, are you going to try to get open I don't know. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> It'll get out. Uh, we're shooting for mid-October as an opening date. I think that is totally achievable. 
right. So yeah, just not, as the weather as, starts to turn a little nicer, we're right. going to you know, hopefully have the opportunity to come to the official name. Right. Mickaway Marketing Grocery. Mickaway Marketing Grocery. Not and Moon Pie, but Mickaway <laughs> Marketing Grocery. And you'll be able to get... Moon Pies. Moon Pies. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to just edit everything else out right there and just keep that. Or he'll in. just call. And now he's going to be obligated. That's just in. It's just going to end there. Moon pies. We'll move in next door. If that's the case. <laughs> but there, there will be kolaches on the menu. There's going to be meat market style barbecue. Uh, there will be sandwiches and yeah. dinner type options deli, on weekends. Um, there's going to be a deli, you know, baked goods, um, local produce. It's going to be kind of your one stop shop for everything, and we're we're excited about it. It's going to be yes. something unique to the barbecue world that you're not seeing a whole lot of right now. Um, and it's you don't have to go into Austin where there's 50 barbecue joints in a one block radius to get it, which is nice. Um, you can come here and you can get the classic Mickleweight menu that you're used to. There will and be a air conditioning options. Walls, yes. walls, and walls air, and air conditioning. conditioning. That's which is a rarity in Austin. We we gripe about this all the time because yes. we're just old and quite you know. Cranky. Even the restrooms will flush and have air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, our rest, our restrooms are gonna be amazing. It's oh, yes. brand new plumbing. That, that's the biggest selling. <laughs> brand new fixtures. <laughs> we're gonna do a top ten restroom barbecue. Oh no, we're not. <laughs> Well, Tom, I've, I've got quality control temping the water coming oh, out of the faucets every morning. It's going to be artisanal toilet water. <laughs> filtered, filtered well water from the fountain. <laughs> oh, geez, what kind of tangent did we go off on? <laughs> no, it's it's Have a we new talked about LCRA yet? There's trains. Oh yeah, no, just yeah. So my son-in-law home and crematorium. There, I, I yes. was seeing that when we were walking by. I'm like, they were supposed to close. The and they decided not to. Yeah, they, they're <laughs> like, well, like, there's a lot of fatty meat coming into the market. I was market. gonna say, yeah, there's 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 pits right there, right? Okay. All right, trains, crematoriums, barbecue, downtown Smithville, antique shops, antique shops, right. antique shops, antique people. There's a lot of everything yeah. in Smithville. Yes. No, but Come on uh, down. All honesty, we're we're really excited about it. We've been looking forward to what what your next plan was. Now that we kind of see what it's going to be, it's going to be uh, really exciting for barbecue fans, for the locals here in Smithville, for people coming from Austin. It's still a good drive from Houston too. Right. Um, so, Tom, thank you so much for taking yeah. the time today. Absolutely, um, yeah, great to see this yeah. peek into the future. Oh yeah, we're going to be out here when you open, and we're looking forward to it.